In the book of Acts chapter 14, we find these words in the first seven verses. And it came to pass in Iconum that they went both together unto the synagogue of Jerusalem and spoke and so spoke. A great multitude, both of Jerusalem and also of the Greeks or Grecians, believed, Gentiles also. Uh, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the other nations and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly to, in God, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided and the part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made both of the other nations and also of Jerusalem with the rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, and they were aware of it and fled to Lystra and Debris and to Lyconia and unto the region that lies around about. And they preached there the gospel. Let us pray. Father, this morning we bless and glorify your holy and righteous name. We thank you today because you are worthy of all praise and glory. We come this morning humbly, submissively before you. First of all, send thank you for your goodness and your mercy unto each and every one of us. Thank you for this opportunity to stand to decree your word. We ask now your blessings upon this congregation. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive your word and apply it to our lives living thereout. That others may see you in us and bring glory to your holy and righteous name. Come before us, Holy Spirit, and teach us now. Is thy servant's prayer that everyone say, Amen. Amen. From the theme Stay in the Race, Amen. Dealing with Persecutions, Stay in the Race, and we find several events of people being persecuted in our nation. It is said in Greenwood, Oak, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, the, there was a community called the Greenwood community known as the America's Black Wall Street. In 1921, they endured a massacre which destroyed their home, racial oppression and persecution. They dealt with this about a century ago. Uh, this was a prosperous black neighborhood in Tulsa and it perished at the hands of a white violent mob who could not handle people of color being prosperous and moving forward over 1,200 homes were set afire and destroyed, and hundreds of people perished because of this. Now, this took place in one 24-hour period. 
this nation or this city went from a prosperous city moving forward to ruins because of this. And there was another story uh, when the Civil War had come to an end on January the 16th of 1885. There was a special order given by uh, the General of the Union, William Sherman, on that date to take over 400,000 acres of land in South Carolina and Florida and give it to all of these Africans that had been enslaved and that they may have land. It was later ordered that they would receive a mule. This is where the mule and 40 acres came from. Out of this 400,000 acres, all of these families were to receive 40 acres of land and a mule. Some of the families began to receive their land and move into their land and live on their land. And when, when the president, the new reigning president came in by that time, by the name of Andrew Johnson, he canceled the promise that was made by William Sherman and, and returned all of the land back to the original owners. We're talking about being persecuted as a people. There are other nations and other countries that suffer and go through persecution the same. But I wanted to bring those two particular uh, 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 stories out because it deals with us as a people and how we have suffered persecution. Ever since we came into this nation, we have been persecuted. Ever since we came into this nation, we have suffered oppression, depression, uh, and, and the story today deals with this particular issue. This particular problem was even under the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Persecution raises its nasty head even in the people and by the people of their day. Yes. We find that persecution is an act of harassing, oppressing, and killing people because of their difference from society. Christians are persecuted because of their belief in Christ, Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, and, and will not conform to the godlessness of a sinful world. And because of that, we are persecuted and we go through a lot of the storms and the problems and the trials that we do because somebody else wants to be exalted. What creates Racism and, 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 and supremacy, white supremacy and all of these problems are because somebody wants to feel superior to somebody else. Yes, yes. But the word of God talks about this. Even in the beginning of the Bible, we find the story where oppression and persecution causes the death of one of one of God's righteous servants and believers. In the book of Genesis, the fourth chapter, we find in verses three to seven, it is recorded by uh, uh, the writer there, um, uh, Moses, that, that Cain went unto the Lord and offered the fruit of his ground. And his brother Abel also went unto the Lord. But when Abel went unto the Lord, he gave the Lord and brought of his firstlings of his flock and their portions of fat. And the Lord had regard to the offering of Abel, but not unto the offering of Cain. And this angered Cain and his countenance was changed and altered 
And, and it fell, and the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry? Why has your continent fallen? And, and, and if you do well, you will not be, if you do well, you will be accepted. If you don't do well, you will not be accepted. And, and sin, he tells Cain, sin is lurking in your heart and desires to have you. But he said, you must master it. See, when the enemy comes up with oppression and depression and persecution, God says we must master it using his word and using the, the prayer life that he gives unto us and the faith we have in him, being secured in him. We must master the attack of the enemy even when we are being persecuted. Amen. That wasn't enough, but Cain decides to talk to his brother and he invites him out to the field. And he goes out into the field and they're out there and all of a sudden Cain just rises up against his brother and kills him. And after a while the Lord said unto Cain, Cain, where is your brother? And Cain said unto the Lord, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And God didn't ask him that because he was wondering where Cain was. The Lord already knew where Cain was. And he knew, I mean, knew where Abel was. And, and he knew that Cain had killed Abel. And get, look at what the Lord says. And the Lord said, what have you done? And I said this before, that there is life in the blood. And God makes this declaration to Cain. He says, listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. The life of his brother had left his physical body, but Cain buried it, and the blood was seeping out, and God was able to hear the cries from the blood that Cain had killed and buried Abel. Nevertheless, Cain was cursed. God cursed the ground for his sake and cursed him and said, because of what you've done, you're going to be a beggar and a vagabond for the remainder of your life. Cain said, Lord, this punishment is too harsh for me. When people see me, they will kill me. God took and put a mark on Cain and said, if any man touch him, he would be destroyed. That's the only reason Cain was able to live out his days without being destroyed or without being killed because God marked him and dared anybody to touch him. But God wanted him to suffer for what he had done to his brother. The Bible tells us in Matthew, the 23rd, Chapter in the 34th verse, we find these words, and Christ Yeshua warned his followers that they would face persecution. He was deeply angered by the murder of John the Baptist by Herod when he made these statements. Therefore, he says, I send you prophets and sages. He's talking to these scribes and Pharisees. And then he says, and some of you will kill and crucify them. Some of them you will flog in the synagogues and persecute from town to town so that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of the righteous. He tells them, he said, you're going to do these things. He, he already knew that Christ was going, he knew he was going to die at the hand of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin and the Jews. He already knew he was going to die, but he already warned them that they're going to be killing the sages, the prophets, and all of those that he sent. He said, just like Abel's blood 
and the blood of Zechariah, the son of Barchariah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. God says, you are murderers. He says, truly, I tell you, all this will come upon this generation. He said, you're going to suffer. You're going to have persecution. The church is being persecuted now. You go from one part of the world to another, and they are persecuting and martyring members of the church. In America, we have survived that so far. But how long will it last before we start suffering the same things and going through some of the same things as other nations? The Pharisees persecuted Christ because he did not follow their man-made legalisms. They would refuse to follow Christ, but instead killed him. After his death, burial, resurrection, and dissension, organized persecution of the early church started. With Saul of Tarshish. Saul would go from Tarshish down, get people and Christians, persecute them and throw them in prison. And he did that again and again and again till he ran into God on Damascus Road, on the road to Damascus. And when he ran into God, he slapped him off of his beast and blinded him. And that's how he becomes Paul the Apostle. Because God had had enough. And every time God gets enough, guess what? He moves. And it may not be in your best interest if he move on you at the time. You're doing things you ain't got no business doing, or trying to destroy and come up against the church. Paul, the apostle, had a problem because he was a zealous opponent of the destruction of the church and taking out Christians through persecution. Now, this same Paul we're looking at in the book of Acts goes through the exact same thing during his first missionary journey. Him and Barnabas is going out to minister and to preach after they had been ordained by the church and sent forth. And in the process of going, he began to experience what he had done to other people. And see, be sure your sin will find you out and also you're going to reap just what you sold. So he sold these seeds and now He's a minister and now he's the apostle and he's going forward to preach. But in the process, he runs into all kinds of problems and troubles. Paul was converted to Christianity and became a missionary. The Roman Empire began to terrorize Christians. Paul found himself on the reversing or receiving end of the persecution that he had already doled out to other people. He's out trying to minister and trying to preach. And while he's trying to do this, he's in all of these cities that I mentioned earlier in this reading. Going from city to city, starting churches and ministering the gospel. And in the process of doing so, he was persecuted and mistreated. Listen to what he says in, in, in the book of, of 2 Corinthians 11, 23 and 24. And they ministered of Christ. I am talking like a madman, Paul says. I, I, am I better? With far greater labors, more times I was imprisoned, countless times I was flogged, and often near death, five times I received by the Jews 40 lashes minus one, three times beaten with rods, and one time I was stoned to death. See, they stoned Paul. The, 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 these Jews got mad at Paul and stoned him and throwed him out of the city for dead. And then the apostles comes around Paul. And when they come around Paul, they begin to pray and minister. And as they pray, and Paul gets up and walks and goes back into the city. Stays in the city overnight. And the next day he leaves. 
goes down to another town to continue ministering. But he was reaping what he had sowed. He, had, he, he, he was trying to do the things that was right, but he got himself in trouble because he forgot about his past. He forgot about the seeds he had already sown against Christians. Now he's a Christian and he's going to have to go back through the same thing that he had already experienced. Same thing he'd already gone through. Now it's coming back on him. Paul says one frequent journey. He's talking about his first missionary journey. He says in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own people, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger on the sea, in danger before the false brethren and sisters, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, hungry and thirsty and going even without food. Paul said, I went through. But, 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 but Paul said there was an answer to what he was going through and what he was experiencing. Paul goes on, he says, and besides other things, I'm under daily pressure because of the anxiety that I have for the church. He said if things had got so bad for him, he began to stop worrying about Paul and start worrying about whether the churches he was establishing was going to make it. He tells us in the book of Acts, with persecution by the leaders of that day, he returned to the converts. It got so bad to the people that he'd already organized and set up churches with, he had to go back to those people to find relief. See, when, when the devil attacks you and persecution come upon your life, you got to go back to where you know you, you, you have solid ground, where you have the covering and the protection of God over you. Go back to the saints and ask them to what? Pray for you and ask them to keep you and watch over you and help you and lead you and, 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 and keep the prayers of the saints working in your favor. That's what Paul ended up having him and Barnabas had to do because things got so bad they had to go back where they started and where they came from. Go back to those four cities, Lystria, Iacom, Debris. Go back to those cities and look at the, 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 the saints and all of those converts that they had made. See, they were making converts and they, want, they would need those converts because they're going to need some place to go running from the persecution. Look at what look, look, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.11. He, uh, he tells him, he says, My persecution and suffering that happened to me at at Antioch, Iconum, and Lystria, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. He said, I went through it, but God gave me the victory. I was a conqueror because what I had a relationship with Christ. When you're with Christ, he will give you conquering power over the enemy. You may have to suffer. You may have to be persecuted. You may have to go through, but hold your head up high because there is a blessing in suffering for Christ, Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. There is liberty in that relationship when you go through Christ and allow him to lead you and to guide you. Matthew said it this way in the fifth chapter. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and shall persecute you and utter all kinds of false things against you. For my name's sake, he says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. He says, you're suffering now, you're going through now, but the time is going to come when you're going to receive a reward greater than anything you experience. What does the songwriter say? Through dangers, and tall, I have already come. 
Grace kept me. Grace led me. Grace covered me. The amazing grace of the Most High. He says, stay under the grace of the Lord. No matter what you experience, what you go through, stay under God's grace and allow the grace of God to cover you. For it is the amazing grace that carries you and brings you to the place of rejoicing that you may overcome the persecution of a world system. Mark said in the 10th chapter, verse 29, Yeshua said, truly I say unto you, there is one who has, no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children, lands for my sake and for the gospel, that in this time will not receive 100-fold. Some of y'all waiting to get to heaven to get your blessings. You have a reward in heaven, but your blessings are down here. Let me say that again. Your reward is in heaven, but God says, I'm going to bless you right here on this earth. He said, I'm going to bless you in this time. He says, I'm going to, you will receive 100-fold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. He says, I promise you something. You're going to get something for your reward. One minute, I believe, in God's kingdom will pay for it all. One minute. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when they come upon you to test you as though something strange is happening to you. Some people act like that's not supposed to happen. They're not supposed to receive persecution. They're not supposed to go through the things. Well, I don't understand why you're going through these things. I live a good life. I'm a Christian. I go to church every week and I'm still being persecuted. But the word says you're going to be persecuted. The word says you're going to go through. The word says you're going to have hardship. But the word also says rejoice. For your suffering is for the sake of Christ and the kingdom of God. He says rejoice when they talk down to you. Rejoice when they mistreat you. Rejoice when they do things that's ungodly and unholy and you know you're righteous and living according to the word. He said rejoice. Don't allow the defeats of the world to break you down to the point where you can't function. But say I have joy when I think about what God has done for me. I have joy when I think about what he is going to give me. It brings me joy to know that I have liberty. I'm going to overcome what the devil is trying to do to me. He tells them, he says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. Because the spirit and the glory of God rest upon you. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says, you are covered, you are protected, the blood is all over you. The enemy tried to attack you, but look, even after Paul did all that he'd done, God delivered him. Go back and read this 14th chapter, the whole 13 and 14. In Acts, you'll find that God was with him even though he was persecuted. Even though he suffered and went through, the time came when he received the blessing for what he was doing that brought glory to God. Matthew tells us in the 24th chapter in the 13th verse, or well, let's do Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 instead. The race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, 
but to the one who endures until the end. Stay in the race. Even though the devil say quit, give up now, stay in the race. Even though the enemy may try to track you down, stay in the race. Even though the devil tries to hound you, stay in the race. Even though the family member want to act crazy, stay in the race. Even though people don't understand and don't want to see what's going on in your life, continue to stay in the race. Don't give up. Keep fighting. Keep pressing on. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Yeshua. He said, stay in the race until you get to the end, for the reward is at the end. There's a crown of righteousness waiting for you. There's blessings waiting for you. There's a promise of eternal life waiting for you. Stay in the race. Give God glory and praise in this place. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Father, we come this morning to bless you, to praise you, to worship you. We thank you for this message. Stay in the race. We bless you for your goodness, your mercy, and all the things you continue to do unto us and for us and through us. We're grateful for your love. We're grateful for your mercy. You are a wonderful Savior, mighty God, and everlasting Father, the counselor of life, and we can look to you in all things, for all of our help come from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We bless you this morning. We praise you for the assembly of your people who have gathered this morning to be inspired, encouraged, uplifted by your word. Let the word find free course in our hearts. Let it be planted in our spirits and in our souls. Let us apply these principles into our lives, knowing that we have a righteous crown and a promise of eternal life waiting when we get to the throne room. We bless you this morning. We praise you. We thank you for every single thing that you've done for us and all that you continue to do. These are blessings we ask, decree, and declare in Christ Yeshua's mighty name. Let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. In the book of Acts chapter 14, we find these words in the first seven verses. And it came to pass in Iconum that they went both together unto the synagogue of Jerusalem and spoke and so spoke. A great multitude, both of Jerusalem and also of the Greeks or Grecians, believed, Gentiles also. Uh, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the other nations and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly to, in God, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided and depart held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made both of the other nations and also of Jerusalem with the rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. And they were aware of it and fled to Lystra and Debris and to Lyconia and unto the region that lies around about. And they preached there the gospel. Let us pray. Father, this morning we bless and glorify your holy and righteous name. We thank you today because you are worthy of all praise and glory. 
We come this morning humbly submissively before you, first of all, saying thank you for your goodness and your mercy unto each and every one of us. Thank you for this opportunity to stand to decree your word. We ask now your blessings upon this congregation. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive your word and apply it to our lives living thereout. That others may see you in us and bring glory to your holy and righteous name. Come before us, Holy Spirit, and teach us now. Is thy servant's prayer. Let everyone say, Amen. Amen. From the theme Stay in the Race. Amen. Dealing with persecution. Stay in the race. And we find several events of people being persecuted in our nation. It is said in Greenwood, Oak, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, the, there was a community called the Greenwood community known as the America's Black Wall Street. 1921, they endured a massacre which destroyed their home, racial oppression and persecution. They dealt with this about a century ago. Uh, this was a prosperous black neighborhood in Tulsa, and it perished at the hands of a white, violent mob who could not handle people of color being prosperous and moving forward. Over 1,200 homes were set afire and destroyed and hundreds of people perished because of this. Now this took place in one 24 hour period. This nation or this city went from a prosperous city moving forward to ruins because of this. There was another story uh, when the Civil War had come to an end on January the 16th of 1885. There was a special order given by uh, the General of the Union, William Sherman, on that date to take over 400,000 acres of land in South Carolina and Florida and give it to all of these Africans that had been enslaved and that they may have land. It was later ordered that they would receive a mule. This is where the mule and 40 acres came from. Out of this 400,000 acres, all of these families were to receive 40 acres of land and a mule. Some of the families began to receive their land and move into their land and live on their land. And when, when the president the new reigning president came in by that time by the name of Andrew Johnson. He canceled the promise that was made by William Sherman and, and returned all of the land back to the original owners. We're talking about being persecuted as a people. There are other nations and other countries that suffer and go through persecution the same. But I wanted to bring those two particular uh, 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 stories out because it deals with us as a people and how we have suffered persecution ever since we 
came into this nation, we have been persecuted. Ever since we came into this nation, we have suffered oppression, depression. And, and the story today deals with this particular issue. This particular problem was even under the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Persecution raises its nasty head even in the people and by the people of their day. We find that persecution is an act of harassing, oppressing, and killing people because of their difference from society. Christians are persecuted because of their belief in Christ, Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, and, and will not conform to the godlessness of a sinful world. And because of that, we are persecuted and we go through a lot of the storms and the problems and the trials that we do because somebody else wants to be exalted. What creates racism and, 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 and supremacy, white supremacy and all of these problems are because somebody wants to feel superior to somebody else. But the word of God talks about this. Even in the beginning of the Bible, we find the story where oppression and persecution causes the death of one of one of God's righteous servants and believers. In the book of Genesis, the fourth chapter, we find in verses three to seven, it is recorded by uh, uh, the writer there, um, uh, Moses, that, that Cain went unto the Lord and offered the fruit of his ground. And his brother Abel also went unto the Lord. But when Abel went unto the Lord, he gave the Lord and brought of his firstlings of his flock and their portions of fat. And the Lord had regard to the offering of Abel, but not unto the offering of Cain. And this angered Cain and his countenance was changed and altered and, and it fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? And, and, and if you do well, you will not be, if you do well, you will be accepted. If you don't do well, you will not be accepted. And, and sin, he tells Cain, Sin is lurking in your heart and desires to have you. But he said, you must master it. See, when the enemy comes up with oppression and depression and persecution, God says we must master it using his word and using the, the prayer life that he gives unto us and the faith we have in him, being secured in him. We must master the attack of the enemy even when we are being persecuted. That wasn't enough, but Cain decides to talk to his brother and he invites him out to the field. And he goes out into the field and they're out there and all of a sudden Cain just rises up against his brother and kills him. And after a while the Lord said unto Cain, Cain, where is your brother? And Cain said unto the Lord, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? God didn't ask him that because he was wondering where Cain was. The Lord already knew where Cain was. And he knew, I mean, knew where Abel was. And, and he knew that Cain had killed Abel. And get, look at what the Lord says. And the Lord said, what have you done? And I said this before, that there is life in the blood. And God makes this declaration to Cain. He says, listen. 
Your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. The life of his brother had left his physical body, but Cain buried it. And the blood was seeping out and God was able to hear the cries from the blood that Cain had killed and buried Abel. Nevertheless, Cain was cursed. God cursed the ground for his sake and cursed him and said, because of what you've done, you're going to be a beggar and a vagabond for the remainder of your life. Cain said, Lord, this punishment is too harsh for me. When people see me, they will kill me. God took and put a mark on Cain and said, if any man touch him, he would be destroyed. That's the only reason Cain was able to live out his days without being destroyed or without being killed because God marked him and dared anybody to touch him. But God wanted him to suffer for what he had done to his brother. The Bible tells us in Matthew, the 23rd, Chapter in the 34th verse, we find these words, and Christ Yeshua warned his followers that they would face persecution. He was deeply angered by the murder of John the Baptist by Herod when he made these statements. Therefore, he says, I send you prophets and sages. He's talking to these scribes and Pharisees. And then he says, and some of you will kill and crucify them. Some of them you will flog in the synagogues and persecute from town to town so that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of the righteous. He tells them, he said, you're going to do these things. He, he already knew that Christ was going, he knew he was going to die at the hand of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin and the Jews. He already knew he was going to die, but he already warned them that they're going to be killing the sages, the prophets, and all of those that he sent. He said, just like Abel's blood and the blood of Zechariah, the son of Bar-Chariah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. God says, you are murderers. He says, truly, I tell you, all this will come upon this generation. He said, you're going to suffer. You're going to have persecution. The church is being persecuted now. You go from one part of the world to another and they are persecuting and martyring members of the church. In America, we have survived that so far. But how long will it last before we start suffering the same things and going through some of the same things as other nations? The Pharisees persecuted Christ because he did not follow their man-made legalisms. They would refuse them follow Christ, but instead killed him. After his death, burial, resurrection, and dissension, organized persecution of the early church started with Saul of Tarsus. Saul would go from Tarsus down, get people and Christians, persecute them, and throw them in prison. And he did that again and again and again till he ran into God on Damascus Road, on the road to Damascus. And when he ran into God, he slapped him off of his beast and blinded him. And that's how he becomes Paul the Apostle. Because God had had enough. And every time God gets enough, guess what? He moves. And it may not be in your best interest if he moves on you at the time. You're doing things you ain't got no business doing. Or trying to destroy and come up against the church. Paul the Apostle had a problem because... 
He was a zealous opponent of the destruction of the church and taking out Christians through persecution. Now, this same Paul we're looking at in the book of Acts goes through the exact same thing during his first missionary journey. Him and Barnabas is going out to minister and to preach out that they had been ordained by the church and sent forth. And in the process of going, he began to experience what he had done to other people. And see, be sure your sin will find you out. And also, you're going to reap just what you sold. So he sold these seeds, and now he's a minister, and now he's the apostle, and he's going forward to preach. But in the process, he runs into all kinds of problems and troubles. Paul was converted to Christianity and became a missionary. The Roman Empire began to terrorize Christians. Paul found himself on the reversing or receiving end of the persecution that he had already doled out to other people. He's out trying to minister and trying to preach. And while he's trying to do this, he's in all of these cities that I mentioned earlier in this reading, going from city to city, starting churches and ministering the gospel. And in the process of doing so, he was persecuted and mistreated. Listen to what he says in, in, in the book of, of 2 Corinthians 11, 23 and 24. And they ministered of Christ. I am talking like a madman, Paul says. I, I, am I better? With far greater labors, more times I was imprisoned, countless times I was flogged, and often near death, five times I received by the Jews 40 lashes minus one, three times beaten with rods, and one time I was stoned to death. See, they stoned Paul. The, 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 these Jews got mad at Paul and stoned him and throwed him out of the city for dead. And then the apostles comes around Paul. And when they come around Paul, they begin to pray and minister. And as they pray, and Paul gets up and walks and goes back into the city. Stays in the city overnight. And the next day he leaves. Goes down to another town to continue ministering. But he was reaping what he had sowed. He, had, he, he, he was trying to do the things that was right, but he got himself in trouble because he forgot about his past. He forgot about the seeds he'd already sown against Christians. Now he's a Christian and he's going to have to go back through the same thing that he had already experienced. Same thing he'd already gone through. Now it's coming back on him. Paul says one frequent journey. He's talking about his first missionary journey. He says in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own people, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger on the sea, in danger before the false brethren and sisters, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, hungry and thirsty and going even without food. Paul said, I went through. But, 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 but Paul said there was an answer to what he was going through and what he was experiencing. Paul goes on, he says, and besides other things, I'm under daily pressure because of the anxiety that I have for the church. He said if things had got so bad for him, he began to stop worrying about Paul and start worrying about whether the churches he was establishing was gonna make it. He tells us in the book of Acts, with persecution by the leaders of that day, he returned to the converts it got so bad to the people that he'd already organized and set up churches with, he had to go back to those people to find relief. 
See, when, when the devil attacks you and persecution come upon your life, you got to go back the way you know you, you, you have solid ground where you have the covering and the protection of God over you. Go back to the saints and ask them to what? Pray for you and ask them to keep you and watch over you and help you and lead you and, 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 and keep the prayers of the saints working in your favor. That's what Paul ended up having him and Barnabas had to do because things got so bad they had to go back where they started and where they came from. Go back to those four cities, Lystria, Iacom, Debris. Go back to those cities and look at the, 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 the saints and all of those converts that they had made. See, they were making converts and they, were, they would need those converts because they're going to need some place to go running from the persecution. Look at what look, look, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.11. He tells him, he says, My persecution and suffering that happened to me at, at Antioch, Iconum, and Lystria, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. He said, I went through it, but God gave me the victory. I was a conqueror because what? I had a relationship with Christ. When you're with Christ, he will give you conquering power over the enemy. You may have to suffer. You may have to be persecuted. You may have to go through, but hold your head up high because there is a blessing in suffering for Christ, Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. There is liberty in that relationship when you go through Christ and allow him to lead you and to guide you. Matthew said it this way in the fifth chapter. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and shall persecute you and utter all kinds of false things against you. For my name's sake, he says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. He says, you're suffering now, you're going through now, but the time is going to come when you're going to receive a reward greater than anything you see. What does the songwriter say? Through dangers, and tall, I have already come. Grace kept me. Grace led me. Grace covered me. The amazing grace of the Most High. He says, stay under the grace of the Lord. No matter what you experience, what you go through, Stay under God's grace and allow the grace of God to cover you. For it is the amazing grace that carries you and brings you to the place of rejoicing that you may overcome the persecution of a world system. Mark said in the 10th chapter, verse 29, Yeshua said, truly I say unto you, there is one who has, no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, mothers, Fathers, children, lands for my sake and for the gospel. That in this time will not receive 100-fold. Some of y'all waiting to get to heaven to get your blessings. You have a reward in heaven, but your blessings are down here. Let me say that again. Your reward is in heaven. But God says, I'm going to bless you right here on this earth. He said, I'm going to bless you in this time. He says, I'm going to, you will receive 100 fold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. He says, I promise you something. You're going to get something for your reward. One minute, I believe, 
in God's kingdom will pay for them. One minute. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when they come upon you to test you as though something strange is happening to you. Some people act like that's not supposed to happen. They're not supposed to receive persecution. They're not supposed to go through the things. Well, I don't understand why you're going through these things. I live a good life. I'm a Christian. I go to church every week. And I'm still being persecuted. But the word says you're going to be persecuted. The word says you're going to go through. The word says you're going to have hardship. But the word also says rejoice. For your suffering is for the sake of Christ and the kingdom of God. He says rejoice when they talk down to you. Rejoice when they mistreat you. Rejoice when they do things that's ungodly and unholy and you know you're righteous and living according to the word. He said rejoice. Don't allow the defeats of the world to break you down to the point to where you can't function. But say I have joy when I think about what God has done for me. I have joy when I think about what he is going to give me. It brings me joy to know that I have liberty. I'm going to overcome what the devil is trying to do to me. He tells them, he says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. Because the spirit and the glory of God rest upon you. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says, you are covered. You are protected. The blood is all over you. The enemy tried to attack you. But look, even after Paul did all that he'd done, God delivered him. Go back and read this 14th chapter, the whole 13 and 14. In Acts, you'll find that God was with them even though he was persecuted. Even though he suffered and went through, the time came when he received the blessing for what he was doing that brought glory to God. Matthew tells us in the 24th chapter in the 13th verse, or well, let's do Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 instead. The race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to the one who endures until the end. Stay in the race. Even though the devil say quit. Give up now. Stay in the race. Even though the enemy may try to track you down. Stay in the race. Even though the devil tries to hound you. Stay in the race. Even though the family member want to act crazy. Stay in the race. Even though people don't understand and don't want to see what's going on in your life, continue to stay in the race. Don't give up. Keep fighting. Keep pressing on. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Yeshua. He said, stay in the race until you get to the end, for the reward is at the end. There's a crown of righteousness waiting for you. There's blessings waiting for you. There's a promise of eternal life waiting for you. Stay in the race. Give God glory and praise in this place. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Father, we come this morning to bless you, to praise you, to worship you. We thank you for this message. Stay in the race. We bless you for your goodness, your mercy, and all the things you continue to do unto us and for us and through us. We're grateful for your love. We're grateful for your mercy. You are a wonderful Savior, a mighty God, an everlasting Father, the counselor of life. And we can look to you in all things, for all of our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We bless you this morning. We praise you for the assembly of your people who have gathered this morning to be inspired, encouraged, uplifted by your word. Let the word find free course in our hearts. 
Let it be planted in our spirits and in our souls. Let us apply these principles into our lives, knowing that we have a righteous crown and a promise of eternal life waiting when we get to the throne room. We bless you this morning. We praise you. We thank you for every single thing that you've done for us and all that you continue to do. These are blessings we ask, decree, and declare in Christ Yeshua's mighty name. Let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. In the book of Acts chapter 14, we find these words in the first seven verses. And it came to pass in Iconum that they went both together unto the synagogue of Jerusalem and spoke and so spoke. A great multitude, both of Jerusalem and also of the Greeks or Grecians, believed, Gentiles also. Uh, but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the other nations and made their minds evil, affected against the brethren. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly to, in God, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided and the part held with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made both of the other nations and also of Jerusalem with the rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them, and they were aware of it and fled to Lystra and Debris and to Lyconia and unto the region that lies around about. And they preached there the gospel. Let us pray. Father, this morning we bless and glorify your holy and righteous name. We thank you today because you are worthy of all praise and glory. We come this morning humbly, submissively before you. First of all, saying thank you for your goodness and your mercy unto each and every one of us. Thank you for this opportunity to stand to decree your word. We ask now your blessings upon this congregation. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive your word and apply it to our lives living thereout. That others may see you in us and bring glory to your holy and righteous name. Come before us, Holy Spirit, and teach us now. Is thy servant's prayer that everyone say, Amen. Amen. From the theme Stay in the Race, Amen. Dealing with Persecutions, Stay in the Race, and we find several events of people being persecuted in our nation. It is said in Greenwood, Oak, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. the, there was a community called the Greenwood community known as the America's Black Wall Street. In 1921, they endured a massacre which destroyed their homes, racial oppression and persecution. They dealt with this about a century ago. 
this was a prosperous black neighborhood in Tulsa. And it perished at the hands of a white, violent mob who could not handle people of color being prosperous and moving forward. Over 1,200 homes were set afire and destroyed, and hundreds of people perished because of this. Now, this took place in one 24-hour period. This nation, or this city, went from a prosperous city moving forward to ruins because of this. There was another story uh, when the Civil War had come to an end on January the 16th of 1885. There was a special order given by uh, the General of the Union, William Sherman, on that date to take over 400,000 acres of land in South Carolina and Florida and give it to all of these Africans that had been enslaved and that they may have land. It was later ordered that they would receive a mule. This is where the mule and 40 acres came from. Out of this 400,000 acres, all of these families were to receive 40 acres of land and a mule. Some of the families began to receive their land and move into their land and live on their land. And when, when the president, the new reigning president came in by that time, by the name of Andrew Johnson, he canceled the promise that was made by William Sherman and, and returned all of the land back to the original Owners. We're talking about being persecuted as a people. There are other nations and other countries that suffer and go through persecution the same. But I wanted to bring those two particular uh, 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 stories out because it deals with us as a people and how we have suffered persecution. Ever since we came into this nation, we have been persecuted. Ever since we came into this nation, we have suffered oppression, depression, uh, and, and the story today deals with this particular issue. This particular problem was even under the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Persecution raises its nasty head even in the people and by the people of their day. Yes. We find that persecution is an act of harassing, oppressing, and killing people because of their difference from society. Christians are persecuted because of their belief in Christ, Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, and, and will not conform to the godlessness of a sinful world. And because of that, we are persecuted and we go through a lot of the storms and the problems and the trials that we do because somebody else wants to be exalted. What creates Racism and, 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 and supremacy, white supremacy and all of these problems are because somebody wants to feel superior to somebody else. Yes, yes. But the word of God talks about this. Even in the beginning of the Bible, we find the story where oppression and persecution causes the death of one of one of God's righteous servants and believers. In the book of Genesis, the fourth chapter, we find in verses 3 to 7, it is recorded by uh, uh, the writer there, um, uh, Moses, that, that 
Cain went unto the Lord and offered the fruit of his ground. And his brother Abel also went unto the Lord. But when Abel went unto the Lord, he gave the Lord and brought of his firstlings of his flock and their portions of fat. And the Lord had regard to the offering of Abel, but not unto the offering of Cain. And this angered Cain and his countenance was changed and altered and, and it fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? And, and, and if you do well, you will not be, if you do well, you will be accepted. If you don't do well, you will not be accepted. And, and sin, he tells Cain, sin is lurking in your heart and desires to have you. But he said, you must master it. See, when the enemy comes up with oppression and depression and persecution, God says we must master it using his word and using the, the prayer life that he gives unto us and the faith we have in him, being secured in him. We must master the attack of the enemy even when we are being persecuted. Amen. That wasn't enough, but Cain decides to talk to his brother and he invites him out to the field. And he goes out into the field and they're out there and all of a sudden Cain just rises up against his brother and kills him. And after a while the Lord said unto Cain, Cain, where is your brother? And Cain said unto the Lord, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And God didn't ask him that because he was wondering where Cain was. The Lord already knew where Cain was. And he knew, I mean, knew where Abel was. And, and he knew that Cain had killed Abel. And get, look at what the Lord says. And the Lord said, what have you done? And I said this before, that there is life in the blood. And God makes this declaration to Cain. He says, listen. Your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. The life of his brother had left his physical body, but Cain buried it, and the blood was seeping out, and God was able to hear the cries from the blood that Cain had killed and buried Abel. Nevertheless, Cain was cursed. God cursed the ground for his sake and cursed him and said, because of what you've done, you're going to be a beggar and a vagabond for the remainder of your life. Yeah. Cain said, Lord, this punishment is too harsh for me. When people see me, they will kill me. God took and put a mark on Cain and said, if any man touch him, he would be destroyed. That's the only reason Cain was able to live out his days without being destroyed or without being killed because God marked him and dared anybody to touch him. But God wanted him to suffer for what he had done to his brother. The Bible tells us in Matthew, the 23rd chapter, in the 34th verse, we find these words. And Christ Yeshua warned his followers that they would face persecution. He was deeply angered by the murder of John the Baptist by Herod when he made these statements. Therefore, he says, I send you prophets and sages. He's talking to these scribes and Pharisees. And then he says, and some of you will kill and crucify them. Some of them you will flog in the synagogues and persecute from town to town, 
so that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of the righteous. He tells them, he said, you're going to do these things. He, he already knew that Christ was going, he knew he was going to die at the hand of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin and the Jews. He already knew he was going to die, but he already warned them that they're going to be killing the sages, the prophets, and all of those that he sinned. He said, just like Abel's blood and the blood of Zechariah, the son of Bar-Chariah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. God says, you are murderers. He says, truly, I tell you, all this will come upon this generation. He said, you're going to suffer. You're going to have persecution. The church is being persecuted now. You go from one part of the world to another and they are persecuting and martyring members of the church. In America, we have survived that so far. But how long will it last before we start suffering the same things and going through some of the same things as other nations? The Pharisees persecuted Christ because he did not follow their man-made legalisms. They would refuse to follow Christ, but instead killed him. After his death, burial, resurrection, and dissension, organized persecution of the early church started with Saul of Tarsus. Saul would go from Tarsus down, get people and Christians, persecute them, and throw them in prison. And he did that again and again and again till he ran into God on Damascus Road, on the road to Damascus. And when he ran into God, he slapped him off of his beast and blinded him. And that's how he becomes Paul the Apostle. Because God had had enough. And every time God gets enough, guess what? He moves. And it may not be in your best interest if he moves on you at the time. You're doing things you ain't got no business doing. Or trying to destroy and come up against the church. Paul the Apostle had a problem because... He was a zealous opponent of the destruction of the church and taking out Christians through persecution. Now, this same Paul we're looking at in the book of Acts goes through the exact same thing during his first missionary journey. Him and Barnabas is going out to minister and to preach after they had been ordained by the church and sent forth. And in the process of going, he began to experience what he had done to other people. And see, be sure your sin will find you out. And also, you're going to reap just what you sold. So he sold these seeds, and now he's a minister, and now he's the apostle, and he's going forward to preach. But in the process, he runs into all kinds of problems and troubles. Paul was converted to Christianity and became a missionary. The Roman Empire began to terrorize Christians, Paul found himself on the reversing or receiving end of the persecution that he had already doled out to other people. He's out trying to minister and trying to preach. And while he's trying to do this, he's in all of these cities that I mentioned earlier in this reading. Going from city to city, starting churches and ministering the gospel. And in the process of doing so, he was persecuted and mistreated. Listen to what he says in, in, in the book of, of 2 Corinthians 11, 23 and 24. And they ministered of Christ. I am talking like a madman, Paul says. I, I, am I better with far greater labors? More times I was imprisoned. Countless times I was flogged. And often near death, 
Five times I received by the Jews 40 lashes minus one, three times beaten with rods, and one time I was stoned to death. See, they stoned Paul. The, 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 these Jews got mad at Paul and stoned him and throwed him out of the city for dead. And then the apostles comes around Paul. And when they come around Paul, they begin to pray and minister. And as they pray, and Paul gets up and walks and goes back into the city. Stays in the city overnight. And the next day he leaves. Goes down to another town to continue ministering. But he was reaping what he had sowed. He, had, he, he, he was trying to do the things that was right, but he got himself in trouble because he forgot about his past. He forgot about the seeds he'd already sown against Christians. Now he's a Christian and he's going to have to go back through the same thing that he had already experienced. Same thing he'd already gone through. Now it's coming back on him. Paul says one frequent journey. He's talking about his first missionary journey. He says in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own people, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger on the sea, in danger before the false brethren and sisters, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, hungry and thirsty and going even without food. Paul said, I went through. But, 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 but Paul said there was an answer to what he was going through and what he was experiencing. Paul goes on, he says, and besides other things, I'm under daily pressure because of the anxiety that I have for the church. He said if things had got so bad for him, he began to stop worrying about Paul and start worrying about whether the churches he was establishing was gonna make it. He tells us in the book of Acts, with persecution by the leaders of that day, he returned to the converts it got so bad to the people that he'd already organized and set up churches with, he had to go back to those people to find relief. See, when, when the devil attacks you and persecution come upon your life, you got to go back where you know you, you, you have solid ground, where you have the covering and the protection of God over you. Go back to the saints and ask them to what? Pray for you and ask them to keep you and watch over you and help you and lead you and, 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 and keep the prayers of the saints working in your favor. That's what Paul ended up having him and Barnabas had to do because things got so bad they had to go back where they started and where they came from. Go back to those four cities, Lystria, Iacom, Debris. Go back to those cities and look at the, 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 the saints and all of those converts that they had made. See, they were making converts and they, want, they would need those converts because they're going to need some place to go running from the persecution. Look at what look, look, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.11. He, uh, he tells him, he says, My persecution and suffering that happened to me at, at Antioch, Iconum, and Lystria, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. He said, I went through it, but God gave me the victory. I was a conqueror because what I had a relationship with Christ. When you're with Christ, he will give you conquering power over the enemy. You may have to suffer. You may have to be persecuted. You may have to go through, but hold your head up high because there is a blessing in suffering for Christ, Yeshua, our Lord and Savior. There is liberty in that relationship when you go through Christ and allow him to lead you and to guide you. Matthew said it this way in the fifth chapter. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and shall persecute you and utter all kinds of false things against you for my name's sake. He says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. He says, you're suffering now. You're going through now, but the time is going to come when you're going to receive a reward greater than anything you see. What does the songwriter say? Through dangers and toils. I have already come. Grace kept me. Grace led me. Grace covered me. The amazing grace of the Most High. He says, stay under the grace of the Lord. No matter what you experience, what you go through, Stay under God's grace and allow the grace of God to cover you. For it is the amazing grace that carries you and brings you to the place of rejoicing that you may overcome the persecution of a world system. Mark said in the 10th chapter, verse 29, Yeshua said, truly I say unto you, there is one who has, no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, mothers, Fathers, children, lands for my sake and for the gospel. That in this time will not receive 100-fold. Some of y'all waiting to get to heaven to get your blessings. You have a reward in heaven, but your blessings are down here. Let me say that again. Your reward is in heaven. But God says, I'm going to bless you right here on this earth. He said, I'm going to bless you in this time. He says, I'm going to, you will receive 100 fold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. He says, I promise you something. You're going to get something for your reward. One minute, I believe, in God's kingdom will pay for it all. One minute. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when they come upon you to test you as though something strange is happening to you. Some people act like that's not exposed to happen. They're not supposed to receive persecution. They're not supposed to go through the things. Well, I don't understand why you're going through these things. I live a good life. I'm a Christian. I go to church every week and I'm still being persecuted. But the word says you're going to be persecuted. The word says you're going to go through. The word says you're going to have hardship. But the word also says rejoice. For your suffering is for the sake of Christ and the kingdom of God. He says rejoice when they talk down to you. Rejoice when they mistreat you. Rejoice when they do things that's ungodly and unholy and you know you're righteous and living according to the word. He said rejoice. Don't allow the defeats of the world to break you down to the point to where you can't function. But say I have joy when I think about what God has done for me. I have joy when I think about what he is going to give me. It brings me joy to know that I have liberty. I'm going to overcome what the devil is trying to do to me. He tells them, he says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. Because the spirit and the glory of God rest upon you. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says, you are covered. You are protected. The blood is all over you. 
The enemy may try to attack you, but look, even after Paul did all that he done, God delivered him. Go back and read this 14th chapter, the whole 13 and 14. In Acts, you'll find that God was with him even though he was persecuted. Even though he suffered and went through, the time came when he received the blessing for what he was doing that brought glory to God. Matthew tells us in the 24th chapter in the 13th verse, or well, let's do Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 instead. The race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to the one who endures unto the end. Stay in the race. Even though the devil say quit, give up now, stay in the race. Even though the enemy may try to track you down, stay in the race. Even though the devil tries to hound you, stay in the race. Even though the family member want to act crazy, stay in the race. Even though people don't understand and don't want to see what's going on in your life, continue to stay in the race. Don't give up, keep fighting, keep pressing on. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Yeshua. He said, stay in the race until you get to the end, for the reward is at the end. There's a crown of righteousness waiting for you. There's blessings waiting for you. There's a promise of eternal life waiting for you. Stay in the race. Give God glory and praise in this place. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Father, we come this morning to bless you, to praise you, to worship you. We thank you for this message. Stay in the race. We bless you for your goodness, your mercy, and all the things you continue to do unto us and for us and through us. We're grateful for your love. We're grateful for your mercy. You are a wonderful Savior, a mighty God, an everlasting Father, the counselor of life. And we can look to you in all things, for all of our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We bless you this morning. We praise you for the assembly of your people who have gathered this morning to be inspired, encouraged, uplifted by your word. Let the word find free course in our hearts. Let it be planted in our spirits and in our souls. Let us apply these principles into our lives, knowing that we have a righteous crown and a promise of eternal life waiting when we get to the throne room. We bless you this morning. We praise you. We thank you for every single thing that you've done for us and all that you continue to do. These are blessings we ask and create the class in Christ Yeshua's mighty name. Let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Of Zechariah chapter 8 from a theme restoration of Jerusalem restoration of Jerusalem we find these words in the 8th chapter again the word of Yahuwah Tezroth came to me saying thus says Yahuwah Tezroth I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy I was jealous for her with great fury. Thus saith Yahuwah, I am returned unto Zion, and I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth. The mountains of Yahuwah Tezroth, the holy mountain. Thus says Yahuwah Tezroth, there shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, and every man with his staff in his hand in the very age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. Thus says Yahuwah Tezroth, if it be marvelous in the eyes of the raiment of the people of these days, should it also be marvelous 
in our eyes, says Yahuwah Tesseroth. Thus says Yahuwah Tesseroth, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their Elohim in the truth and in righteousness. And thus saith Yahuwah Tesseroth, Let your hands be strong, ye that hear in the days these words by the mouth of the prophets, which were in the day that the foundations of the house of Yahuwah Tezeroth was laid, and the temple might be built. For before these days there was no hire for man, nor hire for beast, neither was there any peace to him that went out or came in because of affliction. For I set all men, everyone against his neighbor, but now I will not be unto them raiment of the people in the former days, says Yahuwah Tezroth. For the seed shall be prosperous, the vine shall give her fruit, and the ground shall give her increase, and the heavens shall give their due, and I will cause the raiment of this people to possess all these things, and they shall come to pass that as ye were a curse among the heathens, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so shall also will I save you, and ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, indeed, let, but let your hands be strong. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. Father, we bless you this morning. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this hour and for this moment. We ask now that you hide us behind the cross, bring us into those revelations, into those words of wisdom and knowledge that brings glory and praise and honor to your holy and righteous name. We bless, praise, adore, lift, and exalt your Holy Spirit come in and teach us this morning. Have your way in the worship service. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you as thy servant's prayer. In Christ Yeshua's name, let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. From the scripture we have read this morning, we want to talk about restoration of Jerusalem. Zechariah, no word, no doubt, was talking to the nation of Israel. He writes this particular discord along with Haggai the prophet. They were both minor prophets at the time, but he writes this letter to remind the children of Israel that God has not forgotten about you. God is still on the throne and he's still in charge of the entire earth. Remember, the earth is the Lord of the world and they who dwell therein, the scripture tells us and shares with us. What is restoration? It is to repair, to restore. It is for personal healing, reconciliation. God is already repairing and has broken down the walls of partition and he has promised to heal and restore his chosen people, Israel. Israel's history as a people has been lost because God allowed them to be enslaved and to go into nations all around the world. And we in the United States have been in captivity for over 400 years in a slave Mentality is not so much as being bound by change now, but it's being bound by the mind. It's being refused and refuted when we go to apply for a position on a job 
or when we go into a store, there is something going on in the minds of other people of this nation that they just, for some reason, cannot comprehend, understand, and receive us as a people. And they know something. And because of what they know, they treat us the way they treat us. I was on my social media the other day and a young lady was telling a story about how she went into the store and while she was in the store, there was a young lady ahead of her with a young child and she saw this black lady standing there and she, the mother, the young lady said, the little girl said, I want to see, go see the mermaid. And the mother responded, you won't be seeing the mermaid because she's black. So what has that got to do with anything? But because people stereotype and have racial injustices and prejudices against other people, they teach this stuff to their children. And their children grow up with hatred in their hearts for people that they really don't know or understand. The Bible tells us in this particular passage that we're looking at and that we are the royal seed and the chosen of God. We're the descendants of the 12 tribes of Israel. A lot of preachers don't want to talk about this because it may hurt somebody's feelings in the church. Take your feelings off and get ready so we can go through this. And then you can put them back on. The reality is there was a history that was lost because Israel was rebellious and they went into slavery. And God delivered them and gave them the land of Canaan and they rebelled again. And God sent them back into slavery and sent them into all of the nations around the world. So those imposters in Israel right now are not the true Israelites or Hebrews. They have the name Jew for a reason because Jew means imposter. The word Jew comes from Judah, the tribe of Judah, but the way they use it is not correct. Trying to say that there's something that they're actually not. Look at what the word of God tells us in this particular passage of scripture. God knew that there was going to be oppression of these older people, oppression of these young children. He already knew that. That's why he gave Zechariah this prophecy. He said, remind my people that I have not forgotten about them. Tell them the day is going to come, then there's going to be a change of the guard. That's what so many people in the United States and all of these other countries around the world fear, is that there's something going to happen and they want to be on the forefront of what it is. Racism and, and, and the racial struggle started in Africa, went to France, went to England, went to the Americas, the United States, went to Spain. All of these nations are the corporate behind racial enslavement and prejudice. And to this day, now they do it on a corporate level so that they don't get caught. But the reality is, it's still raising its nasty head around the nation, around the world. But the word of God tells us and shares with us, there is deliverance on the rise. God wants you to know that he has something for you, but are you ready to receive what he has? Restoration, as always, will manifest the blessings and the goodness of God to each and every one of us. 
writer tells us in this eighth chapter around verse number three, thus Yahuwah says, I am returned to Zion, Israel, the Israelites. And he says, and I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem and Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth and the mountain of holiness. He says, I want you to sit on the top of the hill and everybody will come and bow down recognizing you as the royal seed of God Almighty. Recognizing you as the holy of holies. Recognizing you as the one of God's children, the image and likeness of God who he has purified and said you are the royal seed. You are somebody, therefore don't bow to anybody else. Word of God tells us and shows us. He goes on in verse number four and he says, Thus saith Yahuwah Tezro, or the Lord God, to those of you. I'm reading from Hebrew here. There shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem. In other words, he's saying, because of the destitution, because of the oppression, there was a stagnant in the races of the people. But he's saying, when I return and build Zion back, there will be older men, older women, aged people in the streets. And then he goes on and says, and children, little boys and little girls will fill the streets rejoicing, knowing that oppression is over, that racism is done, and that there's no reason for anybody to worry or be afraid of the color of their skin, of the person that God has created them to be. Why are we afraid? What are we afraid of? God says, I created you and I made you in my likeness and my image. What are you afraid of? I have not given you a spirit of fear. I've given you a spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind that you may focus your attention on me, first of all, and trust me to bring you to the place of victory and the place of deliverance. And the streets of the city shall be, it shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. Thus says Yahuwah Tezroth, if it be marvelous in the eyes of the raiment of the people of these days, should it also be marvelous in my eyes? Says Yahuwah Tezroth, thus says Yahuwah Tezroth, behold, and that means to look upon. He says, behold, I will save my people from the east and then they said the west but it goes for the north and the south he says i put my people in every nation around the earth and then he says the time is going to come that i am going to open their eyes and take the scales off and let them be and know themselves for who they really are and when that begins to manifest, actually it's already manifested and people are already realizing that the scales are falling off and they're coming into the knowledge of who they are and that they are somebody in God. They are somebody as a race of people. But the fear of the other nations are what is going to happen. And the scripture already tells us what's going to happen. Things are going to be reversed. Well, we serve 400 years, they'll serve 900 Bible says they're going to get double what they have done to us. So the time is coming. Christ says when he come back, the last shall be first. That's not in heaven. That's here on this planet. That's not in a place unknown to us. 
that's right here on this earth. He says that's going to happen right here on this earth. Restoration is God's will and what he has called us to. He knew that Israel had suffered and gone through a lot. Jeremiah had watched, observed, and seen some of the captivity and read some of the history of what the Hebrews had experienced and gone through. That's why when God spoke to him and said, go tell my people these words, he went and told them exactly what God told him. Nowadays, the only thing we hear about prophecy is God's going to bless you with money. God's going to give you a new house. God's going, God's going, God's going, God's going. But what about your character? What about your personality? What about who you are as an individual? What about the fact that there's so much stuff going on that you don't even sometimes realize who you are? You've got drugs that have overtaken our nation. Our people are struggling and can't find deliverance. Because every time you turn around, here comes somebody else with something new for them to try. There's the plants laughing at you. Or the pills making smiley faces as they watch you swallow them. God says, I didn't create you for that. You're better than that. You are somebody. Pick up yourself. You are somebody. Realize that you have a purpose in life. You were created for something. You don't have to depend on no bottle or no pill or no drug. Our stimulant, all it is is an artificial stimulant. And as soon as you go down, you got to have more to go back up. But when you trust God and put your faith in him and say, Lord, please deliver me. He will. All you got to do is believe it. Whenever you make the confession in your own heart, I'm not going to do it again. Holy Spirit, take it from me. God will do it. Until then... You just meander and wander in the wilderness just like they did in Israel. Just like the Jews or, or the Hebrews did. Just wandering and meandering and going from pillar to post. Not realizing that you are somebody, that you are a spirit. You are more than flesh. Some people think it's over when they die. Who told you that? It's not over when you die. It's just getting started. Life is the end of a cycle. But then you step into eternity. You step into eternity, you better know who you are. Are you in a state of awareness or are you living through your mind? See, when you live through the mind, the mind tells you things and you believe what the mind says. But when you live in a state of awareness, you don't worry about the mind because the mind is limited. But the state of awareness is eternal. It means that you are a created being, a spiritual being that will live eternally. You will not die. The flesh will, but you're going to live forever. You're going to live in heaven, or you're going to live in hell. There's no in-between. The elevator ain't going to get stuck. I'm telling you right now. You go in one place or the other. Get to the pearly gates and St. Peter look at the book and say, I'm sorry, your name is not in here. You've got to go the other way. But the word of God tells us and shares with us that we must keep our faith and trust in God because the time is going to come when God is going to do a resurrection. And it's going to be a racial resurrection. 
People want to, every time you talk about race with the Bible, people want to say, well, I don't know why you're talking about that because we're all God's children. Well, y'all don't think that. Y'all think y'all above everybody. Y'all think y'all better than everybody. But when it comes to the word of God, now all of a sudden, it's a problem to talk about it. When the Bible bears it out, do you know this book was written to Hebrew people? To the 12 tribes of Israel? It wasn't written to anybody else. It was not written to Gentiles. And don't, tell, don't call yourself a Gentile because you're not a Gentile. That's a lie that the church has been preaching for years. That black people are Gentiles. That is a lie from hell. You're descendants of Hebrews. But the preacher ain't going to tell you that because might, y'all might stop giving Guess what? I don't care. I give enough to pay what little bills we have. You have to keep your faith and trust in God. And seek him. Don't worry because they don't want to give nothing in the offering. The Lord will provide. I remember when I, when I came here, we had change in the treasury. But that has changed dramatically. I saw the, I, I pulled the paperwork when the envelope came the other day and looked at it and I said, look at God. Because God be the glory for what he's doing in this ministry. You have to keep your faith and trust in Don't worry about it. If God opened my door for you, go through the door. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But just trust him and let him do it and be quiet and stay out of the way. If you trust God and let God do it, guess what? It's going to happen. It's going to manifest. You just do your part, yield yourself, and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. And when you do that, that's what's going to happen. i got to wrap this up. We're running out of time fast here. God is faithful. He has promised to restore the children of Israel and never leave or forsake them again. What is restoration? What are the benefits of restoration? And why do people want to be restored? Restoration, first of all, will give you all of the abundance that you are liking in your life. Restoration will bring you to a better life. Instead of living on needles and threads and on the bare minimum, restoration will bring you hope and liberty and victory and give you the things that you need in life. Restoration will restore what has been lost or stolen from you as a person. God says there are things that the devil took from you. I want him to give it back. But you've got to realize you have to be restored spiritually first. And then once you're restored spiritually, God begins to manifest and work in your life materially. All of the things that you desire and things you just think about begin to manifest and come forth in your life. You don't have to depend on the weed man. You don't have to take that rock and swallow it or smoke it or whatever it is you do with it. Because God will give you so much you won't have enough. And you won't need that stuff. You don't don't have to have that stuff. Look, I'm 61 years old. I have never, ever, 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 ever. Y'all heard that in the movie. Took cocaine, smoked pot, drunk liquor. I saw the stuff do to people. It scared me. I wouldn't want to do it. Scared me so bad. I said, Lord, if it's going to do that to them, I definitely don't want to have nothing to do with it. Wake up and realize you are somebody and leave that mess alone. 
If you need detox, go get it. And get yourself right together. I'm talking to somebody. Y'all better hear me. Don't let the devil steal your life. You are important to yourself and to those who love you. Don't walk around making excuses, waiting on somebody to help you. Help yourself. Stand up and be a man or a woman and say, I'm better than this. Look at your situation. God didn't make you to lay in the dirt. He didn't make you to lie in the moss. He said, get up. That's for the pigs to lay in the mud. Are you a pig or are you a child of God? You made in the image and likeness of God. Why in the world would you allow the devil to rob you of who you are? Don't let the devil rob you of who you are. You somebody. You're walking around acting like you don't even know yourself. Wake up. Every time you wonder about something, ask yourself the question, am I aware? Guarantee you, your mind will go blank. See, right now, you're in the present moment. And, and what happened yesterday is minute. What happens tomorrow is in the future. All you got is right now. And you got to make up your mind what you're going to do right now. This is the only opportunity you got. So right now is a chance for life. The writer said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Read the word of God. It'll help you overcome what you're dealing with. I didn't plan to go this way with the message, but it got all corrupt and twisted. And the Holy Spirit took it a different direction. But we all need to hear this. Some of us, we need to tell this to our children. Our children are suffering and dying on the vine. And the reason is because we're afraid to tell them. Baby, you don't need drugs. You don't need alcohol. You need Christ. You need a relationship with God so that you can overcome all of that mess. You're beautiful in the person that you are. You don't need to get high to look good. You don't need to be high to overcome something. Go hang out with the girls and the boys on. And we used to do that stuff, go to the club and party. That ain't nothing new. Listen to your mama and your grandma and your granddad. They're going to tell you something so you get yourself in a lot of trouble and can't overcome it. Ma, that's foggy, that's old. Oh, no, it might be old, but you better listen. Because there is a message in their wisdom. Just because people old don't mean they're stupid. Or they crazy, or they forgot something. Age carries something with it. They have experience. You can learn from them who has already experienced what you're about to go through, or you can have the experience and sometimes you may not come through. So there's two words in the Greek for the word knowledge. There's oidai, which means that you have the experience. And there's ganasko, which means that somebody gave you information and you need to apply it to save yourself from being destroyed. Don't let the devil mess you up. See, that's what the problem with Israel was. Israel allowed the enemy to come in and fool them through a golden calf and through all of these idols that they worship. And that's why God put them in slavery. Because they wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't listen to his prophet. They wouldn't listen to his manservant. So they suffered. 
They went through. They wasn't in a physical jail, but they wished they had been because they probably would have been a lot better off than wandering men and through the wilderness trying to figure out who they were and where they were going. Took them 40 years to go just a few miles. Can you imagine? You're so doped up, you can't even go three miles down the road by yourself. Can you imagine that? A whole nation, 600,000 people, so messed up on the world so they couldn't go a few miles down the road to the promised land. God said, I gave you cannon, cannon full of milk and honey, and you're too stupid to even go down there and get it. That's a bad word, ain't it? It's old English, but it's true. People just, you know, it's one thing to be crazy and you don't know no better. It's another thing to just be stupid. Stupid means you got sense enough to know better. But you choose to do wrong. And there is no excuse for bad behavior when you know the results. If you know you're going to get messed up doing something, stop doing it. Nobody should have to tell you to stop doing something that you know ain't good for you. You've got sense enough to know. You've got sense enough to eat. So you've got sense enough to do anything else you need to do. And if you ain't got sense enough to eat, beat me after church and I'll show you how it's doing. But pick yourself up. Be somebody. You know, make up your mind. I am going to be the best me that I can be. And don't you let nobody strip you of that. Don't let nobody take that away. Young man sitting over there, don't let nobody tell you you ain't nobody. Tell them they crazy and they need to move on. God got great things for you in your life. Don't let nobody fool you into doing crazy, foolish things. Listen to your mama. Grandma, great-grandma, listen to them. They will give you some wisdom, young lady. They will give you some wisdom, young lady. They will give you some wisdom. All you got to do is apply that wisdom, go forth, and make something out of yourself. When you do that, you're going to be blessed. Let's wrap this up. Jerusalem, the word of God says, uh, uh, Zechariah said that God is going to restore y'all. God's going to give you something that you need. All you got to do is apply it. Matthew tells us in the, in the uh, 19th chapter, in the 26th verse, and Christ himself said, Behold, he, Christ beheld them and said unto them, With men it is impossible, yes. but with God all things are possible. Every time the devil tries to trick you, you say, with God, all things are possible. I can do this. What? I can do all things. The difficult things. Overcome the struggles. The worries. The troubles. I can do all things through Christ. And what? Strengthens me. When the devil get on your trail, say, devil, you're a liar. I can do all things through Christ. Strengthens me. About to take that drink. Oh Lord, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and throw it down. You don't need that stuff. Listen, this may be the last sermon you ever hear. But hear me. We love you. And we don't want you to destroy yourself. You don't need to destroy yourself. Life is too good to be. I mean, I enjoy having fun and acting crazy while I'm on the drive. I don't need no drugs to be crazy. That's my family down there. She can not to take. I don't need nothing to act a fool. I know how to do it by myself. Natural. 
don't have to get high. I ain't got to run with the boys. Got to hang out with the girls. I can do it naturally. Hang around long enough and you're going to hear something going to make you laugh. But that's how you want to be. Just be yourself. God, if you don't think God had humor, go look in the mirror. He made you. You think God had a sense of humor? He'd be sitting up in heaven laughing at y'all. Says, Lord, look at that right there. Ha, 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 ha. Did I really make her? Did I make him? Jeremiah tells us in 31 verse 1, he says, And at the same time, saith the Lord, I will be the God of all of the families of Israel. And they shall be my people. And they, verse 33 says, and they have turned unto me back again. And I will not let them fall. This is what I'm interpreting. He said, I've got you. I've got you back. What are you worried about? I've got you back. What are you concerned about? Why are you running around doing things that you don't need to? That's what Jeremiah was saying. God's coming back. Christ is coming back for his chosen people. And when he comes back, he's got something for us. He says, you're going to prosper. Look, let's skip down a few verses. Look at verse number, um, verse number 12 says, in, in uh, the eighth chapter of uh, the book of Zechariah, it says, uh, for the seed shall be prosperous. For the seed shall be prosperous. For the seed shall be prosperous. What seed? The nation of Israel. They're going to be prosperous. All the stuff that we liking, all the stuff that we was afflicted, had, had us afflicted and taken away from us. God says, I'm going to make you prosperous. Then he goes on and says, the vine shall give her fruit and the ground shall give her increase and the heavens shall give the dew and will cause the raiment of the people to possess all these things. So I'm going to give you everything. What they kept from you, I'm going to give it back to you. What the devil stole, I'm going to give it back to you. The Bible says when a thief takes something, he's neither restored fourfold. Ask Zacchaeus. He had to pay them people back. He's stealing their money. And taxes, God made him pay them back four times as much. Because he was a thief. Judas was a thief. We talked about that. He ran around with the bag telling Jesus there ain't enough to feed 5,000. He was stealing the money. God said, I got your back. I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about nobody else or nothing else. Just put your faith and trust in God. Look at what verse 13 says. I'm going to wrap this up. And it shall come to pass that as ye were a curse among the heathens, O house of Judah, Israel, Jerusalem. That's what he's talking about. He says, so will I save you and ye shall be a blessing. Then he goes on and said, fear not, but let your hands be strong. He said, don't be fearful. Don't worry about what people say. Let them talk. My granddad used to say when they're talking about me, they're leaving somebody else alone. They talked about Jesus, but he still went to the cross for our sins. The thief on the cross was still talking junk to him. He was hanging on the cross about to die, and he was up there talking junk to Jesus. You have people like that. They're going to talk whether they like you or not. They're going to still talk about it. You think I'm going to quit because people talk? I don't think so. Because I have an assignment that I've got to get done and there is only so much time to do it. 
And while the Lord gives me health and strength to do it, I'm going to be about my father's business. And that's what we have to be. We have to be about our father's business, realizing that there is liberty in the things of God when we do the things of God. Young man came to me a couple days ago, and we were standing and we were talking. And he just kept looking at my car, just kept looking at it and couldn't figure it out. He just kept, man... How do you afford a thing like that? I said, first of all, you've got to learn that you just can't walk in a place and get it. You've got to grow up and mature to it. The Holy Spirit has to mature you and grow you to that place. You have to go through trials and tribulations and develop. And as you develop, God blesses you and gives you more and more and more. You have to be to that point to where you can handle what God's going to give you. If you ain't to that point, he ain't going to give it to you because you're not ready for it. You were drive, trying to drive a road on a Toyota mentality. You can't be going down the road driving a road 100 miles an hour. Car ain't gonna last but a couple months. God says, I wanna bless you, but I wanna get you ready to receive your blessing. God says, I got something for you, but I want you to be in the right place so that when I give it to you, you can maintain and keep it. He said, Israel, I'm gonna give it back to you. I'm going to prosper you. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Keep living. God's got some moves and some things he's getting ready to do for us as a people that's going to blow the minds of nations around the world. You heard it here first. God ain't forgot about us. People think he has. People think they got it made. Driving around in their vehicular chariots and doing what they want to do, talking down to people, being nasty to people, mistreating people. And God is watching. He is sitting on the throne looking at the mess. Why do you think earthquakes just go in and take out whole regions? Floods just go in and drown out whole regions and destroy homes and houses? That ain't by accident. That's pre-orchestrated. God said, Satan, go down there and take them out. They just don't want to hear me. Next thing you know, flood coming, water be above their head, and the house, they sitting on the rooftop. God's trying to get your attention, and you refuse to listen. He get them, and these people over here, they're doing the same thing. Oh, okay, devil, go over there and get them, too. They won't listen. See, God don't do it. He sends Satan to take care of it for him. He's not a God of said, Do you know God did not create death? That's an instrument of Satan. God didn't create death. He said, I wish about all, all things that you're prospering, being healthy, even as your soul prospers. He said, I came that you may have life, 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 and have it more abundantly. Will you depart this life? Yes. Go back and read the Old Testament. Several people departed, but they gave final instruction to their families, and they blessed them, and then they departed. They gave up the ghost. Death didn't take them. Christ didn't die by death. He gave up the ghost. And then he came back and took his life, saying, this is mine. Give it back. That's what God wants us to realize. You are somebody. You've got a lot to offer. Don't let the devil fool you into thinking you ain't nobody. Don't let the devil make you think it's all over with. You keep your head up high. Hold your head up high. And, and keep pressing. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, keep pressing till you get there. The race is not given to the swift. The battle is not to the strong, but to the one who endures until the end. What the word of God says.
restoration for the nation of Jerusalem, for the nation of Israel, for Judah. Restoration is on the forefront and God is getting ready to move. That's the prophecy in this season. I don't know about all this money, 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 money foolishness. The word of God says, I'm getting ready to restore my people. That's God's prophecy for this season. Take it and tell somebody else. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Let us all stand for a word of prayer. Father, our Elohim, we come this morning to thank you, to bless you, to praise you for this hour, for this moment. We thank you for allowing your word to come forth, and we thank you for this message. We pray, Father, now that our hearts have been lifted, our spirits have been energized, and we have been uplifted to the point to where we are ready to go forth and realize that there is life in our heart, in our spirit, in our mind, that you are the life within us through Christ, our Lord and Savior. We bless you for this message. We pray that it will accomplish that for which thou hast sent it. Move on the hearts and the minds of all of your people. Touch them now. Deliver everyone under the sound of my voice. We rebuke and bind every spirit of the devil and cast off strongholds, thoughts, imaginations. We rebuke every spirit of addiction. We bind its power and we curse it from us in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We give you glory this morning. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you for these deliverances because I speak deliverance to every soul in the house. Whatever it is that they're experiencing, give them liberty. Whatever it is that they're going to, free them. In the name of Yeshua, we bless you this morning. We praise you, our Father. We'll give you praise and glory. All of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning.